0: We're listening to Rabbit Troop Sucks. On this episode, we'll be talking about 1989's classic film, She's Out of Control, directed by Stan Dragati and starring the one and only Tony Danza. <laughs> That's right. So I've held off to talking to Mike about this for a couple of days because I watched this a few days before he did. And I had a lot of ideas, and clearly we keep notes as we go through this. But How we got to this movie, as this podcast focuses on obscure films, forgotten films, somewhat lost films, for me personally, this is somewhat of a lost film. I'm going to say probably repeatedly on this podcast, I'm a huge fan of the 80s. It's absolutely one of my favorite decades from film, certain music. Etc. And so, as we go through some of these films, this one was picked by me and kind of just willy nilly. And Mike looked alarmed when I picked it.
1: Yeah, it was a we were <laughs> we were browsing through uh, what Plex, I believe, was the platform yeah. that came from, uh, probably at one one thirty in the morning. That is correct. Um, and and yeah, it was just it was just a wild card.
0: But to my defense, regardless of how anyone feels about this. I chose this film because I've been aware of it clearly for years, for decades. I've never watched this. I've never heard anyone say anything about this film at any point in time. So for me, this is a lost 80s film. And 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 notably, we're going to watch probably tons of weird sci-fi, horror, etc. films as we go through this. But this has, you know, notable people in it. So this wasn't just willy-nilly, you know, throwing darts at a board. This was... Okay, I recognize some of the people, we'll talk about it. Matthew Perry's in this movie, which <laughs> I did not know uh, at all until we got into the film. No, I
1: didn't, I didn't look up the cast <laughs> beforehand, and when he, when he popped up, that, that was a fun little treat for me.
0: Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about how he survived being an actor after this film, and lots of things. But yeah, sometimes I think I'm just going to pick some random films that, honestly, I just have wanted to see, and how does it pan out? So, yeah, uh, how do you want to start this one, Mike? Well, should we start with a little summary? Like what does IMDb say about this?
1: So let's start with a little summary. I will, the one thing I do remember from, from reading IMDb, I don't remember the rating it got, but it was not, it was not high. Um, But I did read that uh, upon reviewing it on its release, uh, Gene Siskel hated it so much that he almost quit his job.
0: I, that's really funny because I took a screenshot of quotes from Roger Ebert that i will share later um which kind of summarized some of my feelings that i was having so really quickly uh there's a couple you know uh summaries that i could access sometimes it'll probably be imdb sometimes i go to amazon too i try to find which one's funnier uh, or more targeted but for this one it was imdb and just really quick and simple it is when an average looking teenager or when an average looking teenage girl gets a makeover it's enough to make her father become overprotective of over her. This is a PG film that, again, came out in 1989. It runs in at an hour and 30 minutes. It's listed as a comedy. I thought this would be a fun time. I Again, knowing <laughs> nothing about this film. So somewhat a coming-of-age tale. You got Tony Danza, What Could Go Wrong. I'm Going to Break uh, Any Kind of Mystery. A Lot Goes Wrong and... You have just some fun, and I thought this would just be a fun movie to watch uh, in any given summer. And yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, one one fun note. I I read this at the end. Uh, Dustin Diamond is actually in this movie. I, I caught him. I actually wrote it in my notes. I didn't I didn't see him, and I did not want to go back and look for him. I so. can
0: absolutely pinpoint okay. where he is, who he is, because I was alarmed and I thought, isn't that Dustin Diamond? Sure is. You never thought you'd get that fun Matthew Perry, Tony Danza, Dustin diamond team up that we've all been dreaming of. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Mike, you said, you know, with the director, Stan Dragati, I, I don't know who this is and I'm sure I've seen other films, but you said before we hit record on this, that this is someone you, you, you looked up, you saw some movies or.
1: Yeah, I'm going to look this up right now. Cause I, I, I did not know the name. Um, but when I, when I did look him up, uh, Tons of movies that I was familiar with. Okay. When I say tons, he has directed seven films. So I may have oversold that. <laughs> seven um, fun films. But a couple of them uh, I'm familiar with. Mr. Mom.
0: Oh, yeah. he directed Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. Yeah, great. Uh,
1: the Man with One Red Shoe. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that in ages. Right. And Necessary Roughness.
0: These are all fun films that we could probably have throughout right. many years on this podcast. That's great.
1: Yeah. So uh, I don't know where he pulled... Uh, he pulled this this was his second to last movie before necessary roughness and is he still alive is I he doing know. anything he is not alive oh he died uh, in 2018
0: i feel this is a the theme of the podcast where we just keep looking up who's dead and who's alive
1: stan Rigotti, i don't know if you know what he looks like you probably don't he if you picture what you think he looks like based on his name you are correct uh <laughs> You, you listeners at home can't see this, but I'm showing Paul a picture of <laughs> hey. Hey.
0: this guy. Hey, this guy's ready to party. He is. He's he, got he, a cigar. In his he just party.
1: ordered the gabagool uh, <laughs> and he's, he's ready for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he,
0: he really does look exactly like, like how you would imagine. <laughs> All right, so I have tons of notes uh, going as, on as here. As do I. You know, uh, the, these early episodes clearly were ironing out, you know, recording quality, some of the mixing quality, some of the, even how we take notes, and I think Mike and I are probably going to run into the fact that we're taking them in the dark, so sometimes it's hard to read. But I open up that there is a story in the background of this film, and I really, really want to highlight there is a sub story that no one cares about. It's super forgotten. And it's the fact that Tony Danza works at a radio station. Yes. And that radio station is somewhat in trouble with the ratings. And it is so forgotten about throughout (laughs) this film that it opens at the radio station. I note that, uh, rock and roll opening. We got the mamas and the papas. We got the kinks. I'm like, all right, this is a really
1: fun opening. Um, Yeah, I I had that in my notes as well. I feel like the first 30 seconds of this movie featured five different songs.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of in. I was like, you know, all these songs are a lot of fun. So, you know, okay, so this guy's working at a radio station. I really, again, want to emphasize this is the main moment we're going to see him at the radio station. Yeah, we'll pan back here and there. But this is absolutely a forgotten storyline. No one cares about this. And there is a lot of I don't know how to phrase this dramatic shifts in tone in what's happening. Tony Danza's character is like five different people throughout this film. Nothing is cohesive. You said (laughs) Siskel made him want to quit his job. Yeah.
1: That's kind of extreme. Well, I feel like it. So we watch a lot of bad movies, obviously, and I I always look at the at the, the IMDb. And I, I, there's always like a Siskel and Ebert trivia. And I feel like he's just quit. He's threatened to quit his job over most movies. Or at least most of the movies that we watch. So I don't think we can take a lot of. Yeah, that's, that holds a lot of water. That's fair. So th- what it turns out to be is this opening sequence
0: of this film. We're at a radio station. Tony is there. Kind of. It's all kind of a blur. And someone's just thrown out a window. And then we quickly pan to a first-person perspective you quickly learn it's the person who's thrown out the window. You quickly learn it's Tony Danza. You think you're playing Doom for a little bit uh, because it goes all first person. It's kind of weird. And then he runs into a bunch of detectives. And then it pans back to Tony Danza. It's the big reveal. Tony Danza's wearing a neck brace. And they're like, hey, buddy, you you ain't going anywhere. He's like, well, I got a story to tell you. So how did this whole wacky thing start? Well, Tony Danza's going to tell you as a narrator of this
1: Right so the whole the whole movie is basically a flashback as Tony Danza narrates uh the past like two weeks events or how whatever the time frame is to the cops. One one thing I'd like to get out of the way before we get too far into this. Uh Paul mentioned that this is a a kind of coming of age story. I don't think we we mentioned who we were. I don't know if we need to do that every every episode. I'm Mike and that's Paul and we we host this podcast. Oh yeah, hey. Um that that's not important. Uh He mentioned that this was kind of a coming-of-age story. That is one way to put it. Um, I have a lot of weird notes, and my commitment to you, the listener, is that I'm going to try to do what this movie made no effort to do, which is I'm going to try really hard to not sexualize this 15-year-old girl in this movie, because this movie is a fucking mess of hyper-sexualizing this 15-year-old girl. I am
0: absolutely going to read when we talk a little more about that, you know, when she is you know, the nerd to like the girl who has blossomed, I that is when I want to read the screenshot I took of Roger Ebert's quote because okay. it is absolutely highlighting what Mike just said. Uh There are parts that I honestly feel uncomfortable watching. The reactions of Tony Danza, I actually just feel bad that he's in this kind of situation. I also am going to make a very quick side note. Seeing Tony Danza with any other young daughter in an acting situation who is not Alyssa milano is super alarming to me it's clearly tony danza from who's the boss he also used the same name in taxi he is tony i'm gonna reference him as tony all throughout this but uh i think his name is doug it's doug um yeah i'm gonna interchangeably use tony and doug and i'm like where is Alyssa milano because that is the only daughter you're allowed to have damn it But yeah, I mean, in an all serious note, it is super weird in areas and it makes everyone uncomfortable. I don't think this movie would at all be made like this if there was a like a remake today. No,
1: I, I, I within five minutes of me starting this film, I again, I will reference IMDb. I wanted to see how old the actress was who was playing the daughter, not because I'm a weird perv or anything, but I felt like one because they really were were pushing this. The actress who plays the daughter is 20 years old at the time of filming. So I guess that can make us feel a little bit better. But we'll, 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 we'll we'll dig into that. There's a lot to unpack in this movie. We'll dig into that later. Um, but this does go to his backstory. So
0: he's like, I'm going to tell you how it's all going to happen. See, and whatever. whatever. (laughs) I don't know why he's that voice, but he he did in my mind. He
1: talks like chief Wiggum throughout the movie.
0: (laughs) So, So it's been 10 years. Uh, he's been married. Unfortunately, his wife has passed away. He's been raising two daughters since his wife has died. Uh, everything's kind of been stressful from it's been very clear, but he's been very successful in his radio station career. He's running this late, uh, this rock and roll radio station. Everything's pretty copacetic. We quickly learn that his daughter is about to turn 16 in this. It is 16, right? I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was her 15. I wrote think. that and I read that somewhere. That's what I'm actually asking Mike. I thought she was turning 15. I saw something else that referenced 16. So I guess I was right that she's turning 15. Yeah. Um, and they go out to this weird roller. No, it wasn't a roller ring. It's like some tech where all the, uh, the youth hang out.
1: Yeah. So, so that that's like what Tony decided to do for, I will never use anyone's character name. That's what he decided to do for, uh, for the birthday party. But so it kind of, the flashback starts or the movie starts with, he's sitting in his office. He's got this gigantic teddy bear that he bought for his 15, his daughter's 15th birthday. Um, and you know he goes home. He drives home. He has a sweet E Type Jaguar. I'm a car guy, so I knew I it was a Jaguar. I, can't, I, I, notice I these things.
0: Literally, on the side note, it was Mike. What was the car again? Because mm-hmm. on a side note, I wrote, Mike, what is that car? It is
1: an E Type Jaguar, <laughs> nice. a series, a series one for any keen <laughs> listeners. Um, and so he he gets home and he's talking to his younger daughter, who is uh, you know however old. Um, she's like, I don't know. She's up in her room, referring to the older daughter, and Tony kind of barges in on her, and she is. Just dancing it out to a maniac on the floor. She's dirty dancing up there.
0: I I wrote, she's a maniac, like a spaz. It yeah. looks like a temper tantrum.
1: And this, Paul mentioned the the kind of glasses and like, she can't be hot because she has glasses and a ponytail. Um, the glasses that she was wearing, I don't know if that was, they can't be anyone's actual prescription. I don't know how this person wore them without being sick because they were real gnarly glasses.
0: I'm glad you noticed that and my comment was in her room she's got a killer Bon Jovi poster. She does up. have a
1: pretty dope Bon Jovi poster. So, you know, the Tony and the girl talk it out for a little bit, birthday stuff. Then Tony leans his head out the window and yells to the neighbor uh, who is apparently the guy that this girl has been dating since since childhood. And him and Tony are like are bros. Yeah, this is a weird relationship that kind of unfolds throughout the film
0: that Tony basically has set up a weird, in his mind, arranged relationship, which he hopes will lead to a marriage. Like the neighbor boy is the person he has now said, you could marry my daughter, you know, be respectful, do everything that you want. Just the one thing that we did miss, the gift that Tony gave oh, yeah. his daughter uh, outside of a stuffed animal was... You're going to get to go to Europe over the summer. And she
1: takes a big shit on it. She's like, oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she really is not super cool and, uh, about that, that situation. Um, situation seems like gift of a lifetime. And then, yeah, we meet the neighbor boy. And then we get the hard pan
1: to the discotheque. Um, yeah, so now we're at this. It's like a very... I was confused by the dynamic of this place because it was clearly like an adult nightclub with people drinking and dancing, but there were also a ton of children there.
0: Yeah, she's also eating what I would assume would be if you got a special birthday dessert at Denny's. So she's eating, do you remember this? There's like no. a big cake or something. Okay. So yeah, Mike's totally right. There's all these adults dancing and you know, they're drinking. And they're like, I would imagine in their uh early, mid-20s, maybe a little later. But then it pans to them and it's amongst all these mid-20s. Uh, people drinking and dancing. It's Tony Danza, Richie the neighbor boy, and a bunch of cake and the daughter.
1: And they're like, "Oh, you know, I wish I was more adult." And she's feeling left behind, etc. Yeah, she she's having weird conversations with Tony. You know, like she, the, the the one note that I, I took was uh, she asks, "Am I pretty, Dad? Am I pretty?" You know, I guess that's a standard you know daddy daughter question, maybe. Um, and Tony's like, "Yeah, of course, you're you're totally bangable." Because that's that's the dynamic of this movie. She's like, I don't know, like, do you think I'm prettier than her? And she points at like an attractive, age-appropriate adult woman.
0: Yeah, like someone who's in there. I would say, assume, you know, maybe early, but probably mid twenties. And right. again, this girl's fifteen, and she's saying, compare myself to this person who's 10 years older than me and clearly a full adult. Right, like hey
1: dad, do you find me more attractive than this woman who's close to your age and not your daughter? Like and, great, that's a fun question. And this is going to be
0: one of many awkward moments. And again, yeah, I could understand, you know, this young girl asking her father this and it being an awkward situation that many have been through, etc. Yeah, that's kind of weird, but how transfixed Tony Danza is looking at this woman while trying to answer this to his daughter. It seemed to go on for five minutes of my life. It was probably only 30 seconds, but it was him just standing there like, Ooh, there's this woman. Like it was almost like drool was going to come out of his mouth. It was was weird.
1: Also, I believe we haven't mentioned this, but Tony Danza's girlfriend is showing up. Right at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She, she shows up. um, And they, they have a fun relationship. Like, like, honestly, I felt like their relationship was one of the, healthier portrayals of actual human interactions in this movie. Yeah. They they seem like relatively on the ball. Yeah. She's, she's kind of a mother figure to these daughters. She's cool with it. The daughters have a good relationship with her. That, that all, that was the one normal thing in this, in this film.
0: I feel the girlfriend is actually the best written character Mm -hmm. throughout the entire film. She is super cool. She wants to be involved with the family. She understands, you know, the dynamic and the loss of the previous wife that he's been raising these girls, the limitations of him, you know, in a gender dynamic of I'm trying to do the best for my daughters. But this woman's like, hey, I'm cool, too. Like, you're doing the best. No one's blaming you. But, you know, you don't know enough about fashion or things like that. Let me take on that role. So she's super, super nice. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah, so th- this scene plays out a little bit more. The the daughter in in this heart to heart she's having with Tony says, you know, I I think I need to break up with uh, with with Richie. There's no passion. The uh, yeah, she compares it to a brother sister relationship, right. which is
0: again one of many awkward points of this film. It
1: it is awkward, but it's also fair because I think that is precisely the kind of relationship that Tony Danza was trying to yes to get his daughter into safeguarding, doing weird stuff. Yeah, so. You know, the the party, the party's over now. Um, we we cut awkwardly to the next day, I guess. And Tony Danza is leaving for a poorly defined radio convention.
0: Yeah. Funny enough, I wrote,
1: I thought that they were going to Europe and then they, right. I thought the transformation
0: of this girl was going to be, I went to Europe and now I'm transformed and no, it's just something to do with a radio trip that I don't right. I don't think it was ever discussed. We, we didn't
1: we didn't see him on the trip. The next time we see Tony is when he's coming home.
0: Yeah, there's you know, the, he has a partner, you know, there's a radio DJ who also I think has a higher up position who's working with Tony Danza. So we just see him at the airport and they're like, We're going on the trip. Take it easy. And I'm like, oh, so right. nope, they're just going on some kind of radio yeah.
1: function so trip. This is just to get them out of the scene so that we can have the girlfriend and the daughter montage. This is I there's several montages in this many. movie there's many uh, and this is the first so as soon as tony's on the plane the the girls get into the car and i don't uh, they, they said something but basically they're like let, let's let let's do this
0: yeah first point let's get the braces off
1: yeah so they go to the they go to a dentist so this girl has braces and the dentist is like yeah we're not these de- these braces aren't due to come off for a while she's like fuck it take them off just, yep just do it the, the the girlfriend is like she's taking charge Tony Danza is not in charge anymore, and then he is not the boss. He is not. Tony Danza is no longer the boss. He he has not been the boss this entire time. This movie is about him not being a boss. (laughs) So, yeah the 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 dentist is the first trip. Then then they go to the optometrist, and I guess she's getting contacts. Um, they go to a hair salon. I love the salon because this place is kicking. This place is
0: bouncing more than the nightclub that they went yeah the the, the days previous
1: yeah um and and this then we're in a full makeover montage they're like trying on outfits yeah new
0: heels she's trying to walk in heels like there's almost like a pretty woman situation yeah but honestly i mean none of this seems awkward i mean this just seems like cool bonding moments like it's very clear that the girlfriend wants to be in a more dynamic relationship, i.e. if there was marriage, if she becomes a stepmom, she's all in. I mean, this woman seems really cool. Uh, right.
1: I, she's just, she's trying to help.
0: I, I, I don't know. I want to keep pointing that out because later when things go a little off the rails, I have to hand it to her. She calls bullshit on, on mm-hmm. the daughter. Uh, and we'll get to that.
1: Yeah. They had a pretty real, they have a reasonable relationship. So montage concluded now now we have tony danza comes home he's he, he pulls up he walks into the house and
0: <laughs> out of a cab
1: uh, yeah yeah <laughs> he, and he just kind of comes in all sad and he, what he comes into is just like a carnival of dudes so the phone's ringing and he picks it up and he's like oh what no steve no she's on the phone or whatever and it's like caller after caller and they're all dudes um and then then the doorbell rings, right? But it also seems they have multiple lines. Before we get to the doorbell. Yeah, they have like a party line. Going yeah, because to... the
0: younger sister keeps saying she's on the phone, mm-hmm. but the other phone is ringing. So there's clearly like multiple phones. So now the daughter is juggling clearly like multiple phones and then doorbell right. rings.
1: Right. And it's some fucking nerd with like, he's wearing like a blazer that they give you at a restaurant if you're not dressed well enough. <laughs> it has like a crest for something on the, on the pocket. Um, and then... You know, then we cut to the like the she's all that she's walking down the stairs scene, and the the outfit that she's wearing as she walks down these stairs it's like if you go to like the spirit Halloween store and you get the novelty sexy little Bo peep outfit that's effectively what she's wearing. Like it's not these aren't real clothing items that she's wearing.
0: Yeah, she's walking down the stairs. Definitely, she's all that. Uh, many people have used this since. Um, Clearly, I don't know if this is, you know, a groundbreaking scene where someone originally do, does that. But imagine, you know, it pans feet first and then kind of scans up because it's the big reveal. It's playing Venus by Frankie Avalon. Yeah. She's all in white. It's very heavy on the imagery of, like, this is the virgin who has now blossomed. And it's not super creepy yet. It's clearly building. Um, and I'm like, okay, I mean, this girl is older and she wants to date, and I totally understand that. And I really feel this is the night that just derails Tony Danza and everything from this movie going forward.
1: Yeah. So she walks down the stairs and she, you know, I think she leaves to go on this date and this leads us into the second montage within 10 minutes of this film. Um, this is the Tony Danza cock block montage because he is just making up excuses. Um, Dudes are showing up. He's like, "Oh no, she's not here. She's never going to talk to you guys." Um, and I, 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 I did a rough count. It was like eleven, eleven dudes that she that he turned away. Gross. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot. She has. I don't know where she's meeting these dudes. Uh, I don't know if she took out a classified ad. Uh, if these are all from her school, it is not made clear if she goes to school or if this is in the summer when this isn't an issue.
0: Yeah, that oh. that that is absolutely not established. And I want to note during this montage. So we started this movie rock and roll radio station. I mean, kind of classic rock. You know, again, mamas and papas. We got Kinks. We got other people later on. During this uh, montage is a Caribbean music themed montage. Mm-hmm. It sounds. Like someone's hitting the steel drums, maybe shaking a jar of shells. It's super out of place. It's really, it's really weird.
1: It is really weird. Um, so, okay, sorry. I'm I'm just trying to decipher my atrocious handwriting. Um we're, we're, now, we're now back at the radio station. This is one of like two times we will, that Tony Danza's job is referenced in this movie.
0: And it's the only time that they reference the problem. They've, right. S- they've slipped to number nine right. in the rock and roll radio. Yeah,
1: so the, the fat cat station owners are like, number nine, this is no good. I don't know what number they were before, but it was better than nine, apparently. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, th- this is like not not a good thing. Oh, wait, wait. Um, and, and
0: we do hear that. I did make a note that that his daughter does go to school. I was trying to think about that because during this time, he sneaks off a phone call uh, to check in, and that's problematic. Mm-hmm. And then this is the only part of the radio. Like, you are. Things are slipping. And you know our ratings are slipping. We're number nine. It's somewhat foreshadowed. We hear it once again and then it's really not thought about. But then there's a sit down conversation with his daughter and he's saying your grades are slipping. Right. And I know he, he rattles off all the grades. He's like, you have an A in this, a B plus in this. He, re- he notes all of them. I didn't write all the grades, but I denoted the lowest grade he highlights is a solid B. Right. And I, I'm like, OK, like I don't see that as a huge problem. Maybe that was a problem subject or what, I, I didn't think she was established. She was all straight A's. I mean, I hey, hey, parents out there. A B's gonna be okay. Let's not just not go nuts. No right. one's gonna look at your grades ever again.
1: Yeah, and, and Tony drops the line A mind is a terrible thing to waste. And the daughter <laughs> comes back with, so is a good body. Fully indicating that this daughter is ready to party. Like I I just I could never imagine well, I mean, obviously I'm not a teenage girl, but I could never imagine being like, Dad, my body is fucking tight and I wanna get wrecked. Like
0: yeah, there's a lot of weird innuendos. Uh, it, yeah, and it really goes from zero to like very, as Mike noted, very early on hypersexualized. This isn't oh, I would like to go on a date or I find someone cute or whatever it is. It's just, just like wild. Like this whole movie is just teenagers running effing wild, and Tony Danza eventually getting in the mix.
1: Would you say that she's out of control?
0: She is absolutely out of control. And again, my favorite character, the girlfriend, calls her out on that eventually. Yeah. Um, so then immediately there's a lot of music and this big black truck pulls up into the driveway and I had to look it up. It was blasting feel the shake by jet boy.
1: (laughs) I do not. I did not look that up, but that's, I I, I love that. But you're underselling it. This wasn't a big truck. This was like a monster truck.
0: It looked like the black truck and back to the future too.
1: But like five times, yeah. yeah. It was it was like it was like a monster truck,
0: and we we find out the driver is Joey? Question mark Some jo- kind of musician.
1: He's a real bad boy.
0: Yeah, but he's also shy, and I'm he's, putting that sh- quote. He's too shy. shy, but he's the bad boy.
1: Um. So she she goes out to to get in the truck with Joey, the real bad boy, and Tony kind of runs after, her, and he's trying to like coordinate. He's like, Hey, look, we we haven't spent any time lately. Like, we need a daddy daughter date. It's like, well. I don't know, I don't know if I can pencil you in anytime soon cuz I've just I've got dudes lined up for for days. Cuz like, Sunday we're going to the beach. Yeah, but before we get into this, this is what I don't
0: understand. He was like, "No, I'm putting an end to this. She's not going on dates. She's not doing anything." But then just does it. And right. he, he he's like, "I he doesn't say I can't stop her. There's no repercussions, and she is absolutely calling the shots now." As you as Mike just said, Oh yeah, well I don't have a free day until Sunday, and she basically pencils him in. He's like, okay, well I guess you're going on there seven different dates up until I see you, or six, or whatever day this is. It's it I I don't kn- what am I missing here? Like there was never an establishment. No. It was she's out of control, <laughs> as, as titled by the film. Yeah. Tony Danza says no, and then a day later it's I can't stop her from doing anything.
1: Right, but he he does negotiate a the beach day on Sunday, so they all. They all go to the beach and uh, it's, it's him that both daughters and the girlfriend Um, we, and we see Tony like bumbling across the beach with, I think he had like hot dogs. He was bringing lunch and he gets, he gets back and the the older daughter's not there. And he's like, we can't eat until we're all together. This is my day. And he goes looking for older daughter and she is, she's in the water Um, and she runs out of the water doing a full on, like the Baywatch run. Like she is running out of the water. It's, it's highly, this, this is going to, this, this whole thing makes me sound terrible saying this, but it is like very highly sexualized.
0: Yeah. So this is two areas that I want to re-reference that I mentioned earlier. One, the moment he sees his daughter running out of the ocean, as Mike noted, hypersexualized, he absolutely freaks out. He does. So he starts looking up and down the beach. Right. Oh my God. All these people are gawking at my daughter. They all see my daughter in this swimsuit. Right. I'm going to freak out. And there's a lot of like different walks of life, different people but then it pans to three kids on the beach eating some ice cream. And the kid <laughs> on the left is Dustin diamond. Okay. And I was like, I, I, I was like, Oh my God, is that, enough.
1: is that Dustin diamond? Yeah. But this, this is the third montage with within a half an hour. And it's like the, bom, bom. like everyone on the beach is just, I fucking this girl, like women, children, middle-aged men. There's like a bunch of leather daddies on the beach for some reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're all just like, Oh yeah. And, at at this 15-year-old girl like running out of the water. Okay, so this is where I want to read two small quotes. uh, And this
0: comes from, and as Mike said, uh, Siskel, uh, this is, you know, apropos, uh, this comes from Roger Ebert when he was alive. And it was about this movie. And the first part is definitely highlighting what we noted. And the second part does try to highlight how this movie tries to put it all together and kind of writes it off. And it's still somehow PG. So, the first thing I want to note again from Roger Ebert is Doug spends a lot of time looking at his daughter. He sees her so specifically as a sexual creature and is so obsessed by what he sees that in another movie, his attention would probably seem perverse. It definitely mm-hmm. seems it, that way. It 100%. Does. And then the following, um, uh, I think, just sentences The character in the movie is so dim witted, and this is referencing Doug, is so dim witted and lacking in psychological insight, however, that his behavior is. Uh, not so much perverse as slack-jawed. And I, I actually agree. I totally agree with this quote because going forward, Tony Danza absolutely turns into a moron. Mm-hmm. This guy who is, I'm working at a radio station. I have this life together. is His life is in such upheaval from this event that he just turns into a babbling moron that is so susceptible to anyone's advice going forward. It's kind of a phenomenal train wreck. And in that way, I do see Al Siskel would be like, "I'm never reviewing a movie right. like this ever again."
1: Well, and not just anyone anyone's advice, because in, in the next scene, we have him talking to a psychiatrist, uh, played by Wallace Shawn. Is that right? Yeah, from and then and uh, I think most people would recognize him from uh, the Sicilian from yeah, Vizini. Uh, yeah, who that is what I will be referring to. Him princess as Bride. Moving forward, um, he's. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Wallace Shawn is in there. He's smoking a pipe. Yeah, Herman Fishbinder. Herman Fishbinder. He is he is a like, psychiatrist. He's written a book called Daddy's Little Girl. Yeah, you don't want your name on that book at all. Um, and he's he's just laying out advice uh, to Tony Danza. Um, and this is where Tony really goes off the rails because he is taking this advice to heart, and it is all terrible advice.
0: Yeah, and the the main advice. I mean, I'm going through some notes, and I think just to summarize it is essentially. Uh, one, read my book and read it carefully. So now throughout the movie, we get like chapter by chapter of what Tony Danza is learning from each of the chapters of the book. And part two is he eventually says, uh, become really good friends with any boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That that's going to basically disarm any boyfriend because they won't know what to do with it. And this just leads down a weird rabbit hole of destruction and honestly, several occasions where this dude, Tony Danza, that is, this dude would go to prison for any of these activities.
1: Yes. Well, the first piece of advice that Dr. Fizzini uh, tells him is to have his girlfriend move in with him. Yes. Um, so we see the girlfriend again for the That's first right, time. So in I a forgot while. About that. Uh, and he, like, it's kind of set up like Tony's going to pick her up for a date or something. She's in a nice dress. Um, and she's like, I look good in this dress. Right. And he's like, you look so good. I want to do this thing right now. She's like, ah, I just put it on. I'm not taking this dress off. And then he proposes to her. He's like, ah, no, nope, that's not what I meant. And so then she says, yes, obviously. And she's, she's down for it. She's like, you know what? I said, I didn't want to take the dress off, but new circumstances. Let's, let's bang this out. Um, and he freaks out because because yeah, yeah. now like he cannot have sex without him thinking about his daughter.
0: Yeah. And this is what Tony Danza says. Literally, he just proposed to this woman. She's saying yes. They're about to get intimate. She jumps on him and he goes in this very like taken aback voice, sex, 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 pace yourself. This relationship's over right now. That woman (laughs) should immediately jump ship. This guy is terrible. Um pace yourself that's what you're telling to your significant other i just wrote yikes <laughs> right
1: but but this also marks i want to say the last time we see this woman for quite some time
0: and and that's what i caught her name uh
1: i eventually i think i have to look it up later but it is janet sure um i don't i don't think i ever knew that uh but but now now we get to the part where he's taking dr Vizzini's other advice about befriending the uh befri- befriending the boyfriend so tony gets home from the Presumably he gets home from the the proposal um, and he walks into like a beatnik makeout party. Like the lights are off. They're listening to smooth jazz and there's like three or 14 couples just making out in his house. And he is infinitely cool with this. He's like, yeah, I used to make out when I was a teen too. Let me give you hot (laughs) tips on makeout records. Um, Joey, the sensitive monster truck guy, who we find out has hair like a racer head and is a total weirdo <laughs> is not, is not cool with it. It's like all of the other kids in this room are hanging on Tony Dan's word. They're all sitting around. I'm like, yeah, tell us about you when you were a kid. Yeah. this. And this, he's sitting there like, I got to get the fuck out
0: of here. Yeah. It's super weird because this, this panda scene, Like clearly there's some, you know, time that has elapsed. And all of these kids are sitting cross-legged on the floor like he is Gandhi, like yeah. preaching some kind of words. And he's just spinning some old-school vinyl where Joey's like, yo, I got to go. Like, I don't know about these parents and, you know, this nonsense. And that's my Joey voice, which is kind of not far Yeah, enough. no,
1: that that's pretty accurate. So then he, Tony pulls his wild card out and he's like, you know what? I'm going to take you to a place that I used to go to when I was your age. My treat. And they go to like a like a hot dog restaurant where the the, like, it's like a Sonic drive-in Johnny's. Yeah. Johnny's. But everyone has like the the waitresses have roller skates and there's a bunch of people there. Is this in California? I'm guessing. I I think so. And on a side note, I wrote this place looks
0: fun. I'd totally go there.
1: No, I would definitely (laughs) go. It did look like a lot of fun. Um, so they, they, he's like, let's go to this place. Um, and the boyfriend is like, nah, you're not for real. I'm not buying this daddy. Oh, um, he's like, no bro, I am for real. Yeah. Uh, let me prove it to you. And he hands him the keys to his car.
0: No, no. He also breaks down his musical knowledge. I have this somewhere here. He's like, I met Jagger in oh, 69, right. and you know, and he's, he's name like, dropping. What? I love the Rolling Stones. He's like, I thought you would, Johnny. And they're like totally broing out over this music. It's super weird because they're all in a car. It's Johnny, the daughter, and Tony Danza. And then uh these these jerks kind of ride up. Uh, and they and they uh, they I
1: didn't understand these guys at all because they were clearly Joey's yeah. friends. But they all looked like fat nerds. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they pulled up in this Corvette, and they're like, what kind of nerd shit are you doing? Like, you're not in your monster truck. This isn't heavy metal. Or, I, You know, w- the things that they were accusing him of were the things that they were themselves at that time doing. Right.
0: And then all of a sudden, t- you know, they're like, we're going to drag. And Tony's like, Totally. Uh, you know, these kids aren't going to punk us. So he, th- he throws Johnny the car keys. He's like, you for real, Mr. Simpson? I think it was Mr. Simpson. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. And I'm like, it's
1: one step away from, hell yeah, for real. We're going to race for pinks. They were. Dead they, man's ravine. And they were <laughs> racing for pinks. So they, they, they to, to shut these kids up, they drive to this like warehouse district where, again, it's just loaded with children in cars. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: this this is where I highlighted that. This is clearly criminal activity. So Tony Danza is noted that he's, I think, 37 or 38. Someone says something about his age. He is then with 15 to maybe 17-year-olds. And I don't mean like a couple.
1: What would you say? 50? 50? It's Tony Danza in 50 mid-teens. Potentially more. Also, sidebar, finding out that Tony Danza was 37 in this movie made me feel really old. Because I thought Tony Danza in this movie, I say we are both in our 40s right now. I thought that Tony Danza was older than I am now. Like the best reference I could ever have. And this sounds so mean. I really don't
0: want to make fun of someone's age, but he looks so much older when you go back. Cliff, the mailman in Cheers, oh, yeah. went, like initially he was in his early thirties right. and he looks older than, than I do. And Mike does now. So, and that sounds really mean because I love him as an actor. I was like, woof. But I agree with Mike that Tony Danza definitely looks a lot older, but I feel he plateaus in life. Like then Tony Danza got to his sixties and just stopped aging. It was yeah, just Tony that's, Danza. that's fair.
1: But he, he looks like he's hit that point. At this movie, he's probably missing Alyssa Milano. He's like, maybe that's what. Oh A O O A. He He's got this new shitty daughter. He doesn't like. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're 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 at this weird industrial drag race children area, um, and they're gonna they're gonna race against this this Corvette.
0: Yeah, it um, Are you for real, Mr. Yeah, Simpson? For
1: real? Oh, I'm for real. So they do, and it's it. I, he wins the Jag- yeah, Johnny wins the, the Johnny wins, which sidebar, I don't know. I'm not like a big Corvette guy. I don't know what engine that had. They could, it could have been any a number of ones, but if that was one of the tasty Corvettes, no, no way that, but that doesn't matter. Um, but he, so he wins, but he also kind of bitches out at the end and stalls the car on some train tracks.
0: Yeah. And so there's kind of a big fake out moment where you see, you see a train, it's going to come. And at the very last second, it misses it. And you're like, ah, oh, that's cool. Fake out. Second train comes. And then, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Then it just destroys it. It reminded me of Back to the Future 3 because then the next transition scene is we're at the car dealership or the mechanic and they're going to fix it. This car is absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. There is no reason anyone would salvage anything. I know nothing about cars. You know enough. Yeah, but that, yeah. that
1: car was not... It was it was reduced to its atoms
0: at like, that point. Yeah, the only reason anyone would do anything is if it was somehow a celebrity's car. Like Elvis drove this car. I will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to restore it. This car is absolutely destroyed. Clearly, I don't know uh, tons of especially '80s cars, but Mike he's given some kind of loaner. Do you remember what he's eventually given?
1: It was like a Mercury Sable or something. <laughs> it was some just like a bitch car. Um, yeah, so he he drives off in this in this loaner with the daughter. The daughter is at the auto body shop with him for some reason. And the daughter is now narrating that she has broken up with Johnny. Yeah. Cause, cause apparently last night was too rad. Um, and, uh, she just couldn't, couldn't deal.
0: And it's, and there's a really weird quote too. Um, Tony Danza is kind of upset because he liked the neighbor boy. Then it kind of actually does like Johnny a little bit. doesn't really want her to date, but they did actually kind of bond, even though he was kind of tricking him throughout it. And he, and he basically asked kind of like in a fatherly way, like what's wrong with you? Like, is everything okay? And she's like, basically a I like bouncing boy to boy. I don't want to be serious. And he's like, well, that's not really right. And it, it is kind of a heart to heart moment. I don't remember exactly what's said, but he's kind of highlighting, you know, you're playing with someone's feelings and there's a lot like, and she says, I like this power. I was mm-hmm. like, that's super messed up. Like yeah. that should be a teachable moment by any parent, but that's pretty just shrugged
1: off. And then, uh, yeah, it's super weird. Right. So news gets out that she's single now, and the, like the dude montage starts again. Um, old boyfriend, the the nerdy one from next door, he shows up wearing like the 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 Johnny leather outfit.
0: Yeah, this is like I went to Hot Topic with a budget, and it was like I want to look like a punk rocker. There was an episode of Freaks and Geeks. Where James Franco, you know, beats up his jacket and puts, you know, weird silver glue hairspray, and is like a makeshift "I am now a punk." This is exactly right. That.
1: Do you have anything that says "Daddy likes leather"? I no, mean, leather daddy, <laughs> leather daddy. Do we? So and Tony Danza clearly invites him in like a vampire. He, yes, he does. Um, but and this so and also Joey shows up as well in his normal leather outfit, and this leads to one of my favorite lines from the movie from the younger daughter, who says. Jeez, if one more guy in leather shows up, we can start a rock group and it's not like it's not, but in the context of this movie, it, it, it really hit right. I know it's not a great line. I'm going to be super honest. I would see that rock band. Absolutely. Um, so the, the ex boyfriend, Johnny is like, he's, he's in the house and he pulls Tony down to into like the dining room. And Richie is also highlighted. He doesn't want to go to Europe. Anymore. Richie doesn't want to go to Europe anymore. No one wants to, no one wants to go to fucking Europe. Um, but the, Johnny Joe, is it Joey or Johnny?
0: Oh, wait, it is Joey. It's Joey. Sorry. Joey, Johnny. So Joey
1: Joey is talking to Tony Danza, and he's like, you know, so we broke up, and that sucks, but it's okay. But, like, I just, I can't bear to not hang out with you anymore, Tony Danza. Like, can we go to concerts? Yeah. Can we hang out? Like, this kid is hard for Tony Danza. And I, Tony's like, I bro, I guess. I, I,
0: I also feel just bad, because he highlights, he's like, yo, no other parents liked me. You, you, no one's like you. And uh, I'm like, man, do you even have parents? Like, who raised this None kid? None like, of these
1: children have parents.
0: Yeah, I just feel almost bad. Like, this guy's, like, reaching out, like... Yeah, we broke up like, I have no adult father figure. Could you be that person? He's like, I don't know, maybe. Ding dong. We get a third guy into the mix at the door. And
1: that third guy is Matthew Perry, looking like a waspy nightmare.
0: Yeah. So we get Timothy, Matthew Perry, and yikes this also will eventually hit some weird themes uh and weird points for me and weird plot you know injections
1: because right. it just gets weird all throughout especially with matthew perry right. um, but he's making points with tony danza at first he's you know tony danza's like you know have her home by midnight here blah blah, blah. He's wait, like, i'll have her home by 11 i'll have her home by 11 here's my phone number here's my parents phone number here's the phone number of the restaurant here's you know the license plate of my car he's <laughs> giving him all these details listen and- we're gonna go to the restaurant
0: I'm not even going to finish the meal. Right. We'll have one bite and I'll have her home immediately. <laughs>
1: exactly. And so Tony is like, yeah, this guy's great. I love him. He's doing everything right. Like me as a person who has seen any movie ever is like, this is a date rapist.
0: Yeah. And like uh, this isn't really a joke because that's what I was just noting. Like this actually comes to pass that Katie is actually put in a really awkward position. Again, this movie is PG and yes, I know, you know, it's sexualizing her throughout, but this movie does take a really extra mm-hmm. shitty turn that I absolutely just don't really appreciate. i like, this movie's supposed to be PG and more humorous. There's enough going on in the
1: world, even in the 80s, that
0: we did not need certain scenes that later play
1: out. 100%. So Tony has a suspicion. So he calls up Dr. Vizzini again. Um, and he's talking about this guy. He's like, he's, he's, he's too perfect and busy. he's like, too perfect. <laughs> I'm a Sicilian. Never have, start a land war in Asia. Never start a land war. In, haven't you read chapter 52? And he's like, I, I don't know, bro. Probably he's like, spy, you need to spy on him. So then we cut to the secret agent man, uh, montage where we have Tony Danza spying on on Matthew Perry. Yeah. He buys like, like high end cameras and right. is just
0: rolling by in his car, snapping off. So imagine like snap, 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 snap.
1: And just making
0: circles around where, where this dude is.
1: Right. And he's taking pictures of him apparently over the course of multiple nights, I guess. Otherwise Matthew Perry is like working his way through 15 chicks in one night. Um, he's taking photographs that are effectively child pornography at one point. Um, because they're, they're it features nude children. I mean, I'm assuming these people are not 18. Um, oh, it might be
0: because uh,
1: Matthew Perry's graduating. Because uh, later we're going to his prom. We're going to his prom. Yeah. Oh, I guess that does indicate that someone in this movie goes to school. Uh, but regardless, so yeah, he's he's taking pictures. He's he's doing all these weird things. Um. I'm sorry, I I cannot read my handwriting. I was
0: I know there's an awkward pause that, that I'm clearly not going to oh, edit out, but I was yeah also no no we're we right <laughs>
1: dear dear listeners we we are never going to edit any of this. You you get what we're going to give you. Um, so yeah, the, all these weird photos. Um, he he goes to his daughter to show him the photos. That's right.
0: That's where I'm at too. And yeah. Katie is not there. She actually sneaks back
1: in. So she's been out all night. Right. It's like four o'clock Matthew in the Perry. morning, and he's like. It should be special not at four o'clock in the morning thinking that she just you know you know she lost her V card yeah that's
0: almost a quote. I mean I actually wrote that down He's, uh, He uh, Tony is confronting his daughter Katie and he says uh, if she had uh, set this in her mind like this is what you wanted to do and this is a sexual situation, you know there's other ways to go about this and I this is somewhat tactful and she and, uh, she's like, no 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 it was beautiful and special. And he's like, if it was so special, you wouldn't have to sneak in at 4 a.m. I actually thought that was a real. No, moment. no, that,
1: that was that was fair.
0: But then in return, we are now at the next day in the next morning. And he has hired a company to tear down the massive tree that she climbed up to sneak into her secondary right. so bedroom. He's having all the bedroom. trees
1: torn down. And this is also uh, the second time in this movie that the fact that he has a job is referenced. His little sidekick shows up. He's like. Tony, you have to go back to work. Like we're yeah. we're down to 34. We're, we were nine. Now we're 34th worst radio station. You got to do something.
0: And he does nothing.
1: He does and absolutely nothing. Th- this is actually one of the last times we ever
0: hear about the radio station in, uh, kind in, of in Until full. the
1: end of the movie, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so immediately we're back with Doc Fishbinder. Uh, because he he just can't he, job, whatever. Um uh but yeah, Tony Tony's freaking. And, right. f- and Fishbinder starts freaking on this because. Uh, Tony highlights, my daughter is going to go to the prom with her new boyfriend and Fishbinder's like, oh my God, like, what are you talking about? That's where most kids have sex for maybe the first time. Mm -hmm. Have you read any book? I mean, (laughs)
1: 81.5% of children (laughs) lose their virginity after prom.
0: Yeah. this, This movie has like 17 different sitcom situations. You know, the daughter is not old enough to date. That's a sitcom situation. Uh, The daughter is doing whatever sitcom situation. The daughter is now going to prom sitcom situation. I mean, if you watch any shows that have kids and we could go back to the 80s, Family Ties, we could get into The Wonder Years, Boy Meets World, various other shows. It's always if they have kids, it's going to be this. And it's like someone took a raffle ball through in 50 scenarios and they're like, pick seven out of them. And that's going to be this movie. Let's yeah. get a star, Tony Danza.
1: Right. And so also, I realize at this point that we have not seen his fiance since he proposed to her. Yeah. Um, and she now she shows back up. She comes to the house. They're chopping the trees down. I guess uh, her and Tony Danza are having dinner with her parents. This is the meet the parents moment. Oh, yeah. And Tony has craftily selected the restaurant that all the kids are going to for prom.
0: Yeah, which is... In several different sitcoms anyone's seen. Right, of I'm course. I'm going to spy on my kids. Uh, that's literally why I thought Boy Meets World. There's a whole episode about this. This is bananas.
1: Right. So they go to this restaurant. Immediately, the father does not like Tony Danza. He thinks he's kind of sketchy. And he he's acting super sketchy. Um, he he's, he's constantly looking, like, over the table, over his shoulder, at the kids who are there for prom. Yeah, and it's super creepy. It's super creepy. And the father, rightfully, is like, Hey, daughter, like this guy is, he's looking at all these chicks, like girls. What is like, you got to get out of here. Like, this is not an okay situation. He's like, no dad, he's great. You don't even know. And you're like, no one is explaining the situation to this father. I do like the scenes where they're panning to the
0: actual prom. <clears throat> Cause I do know that it sounds like an Oingo Boingo cover band. It seems like really fun, really happening, but it seems ultra out of place. It does. for this late eighties
1: film. My favorite part about the restaurant and the prom situation is every time it cut from Tony to the children having prom. They had a, a quick cut to a harp player who was constantly playing like the flashback, like that's the only song yes. she knew. And she looked so pissed off.
0: Yeah, she's also sitting, I mean, like three one feet foot. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, and a note about the father to, to, to highlight the dynamic that this this new father in law to be is going to be to Tony Danza. Uh, upon meeting it's uh his name is mr pearson and Mm -hmm. then tony says uh mr pearson or should i call you chuck like extending the yellow olive branch and mr (laughs) pearson says mr Mr. pearson Pearson. is fine (laughs) yeah he shuts that down pretty quickly so he's not already not happy that tony danza is someone who even exists and now he seems super creepy and it's all super weird
1: right so dinner isn't going well um he sees the uh he, he sees matthew perry and the daughter leaving um he's like oh god it's going down so he He just books it. He just ditches dinner.
0: And Mr. Pearson is now just super pissed off. Mr. Pearson is super pissed off. Like, this is way too disrespectful. Like, this guy's diverting his attention. Now he's just running out
1: of the restaurant. Well, and he's, I mean, rightfully so. Sure. So, Tony tries to get his car, but it's valet parked. And the kid's like, dude, there's like 50 people in front of you. So, Tony Danza steals a lowrider for some reason. And that's kind of played off as comic relief because he hits the wrong switches and it starts bouncing around and playing a... I think, was it playing low rider or was it playing like La Bamba? It was, it was playing something like stereotypically yeah. Hispanic. Um, so he, he felt, follow, he follows the kids to this motel. Um, the, and so this was weird because they they show the kids going into the hotel that Matthew Perry and the daughter. But
0: the inside of the hotel looks like it's five times the size. It looks like right. someone's apartment. It's like
1: it's gigantic, and you don't see you see Matthew Perry walking through, but the daughter is nowhere to be found. And Matthew Perry is like giving high fives to people. One of one of the guys is like, "Oh shit, it's the old makeout king." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now now we learn that Matthew Perry has
0: some weird you know agenda. Right. He's got this reputation there uh to go back to what mike said uh to get there they were playing la bamba i did okay thank you and they're at the classy malibu shores motel Mm, Uh, yeah and so they go to their party room room 20 and it's yeah it's all super gross as mike said and they get to a back room so i don't know what kind of hotel this is so there's like a main room that's why i said it looks like an apartment it looks like a living room and a kitchen right there's a back room and it's super gross it's super dirty and matthew perry says uh is this romance or what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. From,
1: was, Paul's was, right. From the outside, this looks like the worst motel, but on the inside, it's like a luxury suite. But that that doesn't really matter. But yeah, so they're they're in there. Matthew Perry's like just laying this thing down, and at first, sister, the daughter's kind of like, okay, but then he starts getting weird and aggressive, and she's like, you know what? This is not. So she, you know she starts getting kind of defensive, and all all the while, Tony Dance is trying to sneak in, and he uses the classic. Um, room service.
0: Yeah, rooms. where did he get the garb for this? So he now we see Tony Danza's is trying to infiltrate the party, and he's
1: got uh, the, the, like a waiter. Right, garb. he's wearing like a dinner jacket and a bow tie. He has he has a plate of fruit that he got from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I I don't, it, it's not that's not really clear. Yeah.
0: So yeah, my first question is where did he get the attire? And also, Mike is totally right. It is. Imagine in a Christmas story when Ralphie gives all that tropical fruit to his teacher. Mm-hmm. That's how ginormous yeah, this is. It, it's, I mean, this it's, is a comically sized. Like
1: it is big enough that he is able to hide behind it as he's walking. <laughs> sure. So he, you know, he weasels his way in and he's like, you know, where's, uh, where's Matthew Perry and all the kids are like, oh, he's the makeout king. He's back in that room. So he's, he's knocking on the door. And Matthew Perry's like, no, I don't want, I don't want the goddamn fruit. Um, daughter's kind of figuring out maybe what's going on. And yeah, he, he bolts the door. This is like super gross. Oh yeah. He locks the door. This is where I said, like,
0: although there's a lot of bumbliness and you know, this is a dated film, this, this had no place in here. I mean, he locks the door. He straight up says like, don't, you know, don't tell anyone. He calls her a little bitch. I'm quoting that it Mm -hmm. is super gross and it's super awkward. And luckily Tony Danza kind of breaks in and kind of stops it all.
1: This was kind of my favorite moment of the movie because I don't, it wasn't, it didn't show him like kicking the door, like running into it, but it just shows from the inside perspective, him bursting through the door in (laughs) the most amazing pratfall I've ever seen. Like he just takes out Matthew Perry, there's fruit everywhere and it wasn't like, a gradual fall. It's like in the family guy, when he goes from standing up to being on the floor in like a second, it was that it was just like, and there was fruit. And I I really, I really enjoyed that. The fruit Pratt fall.
0: And yeah, all of that is a lot of fun. I mean, once we get through the grossness, again, PG film, I really don't feel this had any place. I I don't like this in any film or in any situation, but for a PG film that I thought was going to be more lighthearted and honestly, like Disney esque, In ways, uh, I I really did not like the scene, Um, but we did forget to mention one thing, uh, because then we get a uh, transitional scene where Tony Danza is running to the radio station. Clearly, there's problems with the radio, and Dr. Fishbinder actually, at the last time they met, he proposed that, oh, like I'm going to go on the radio, and I'm going to give advice to teens, and he is. And Tony Danza asked them, like, why? He's like, you're my favorite patient.
1: So, like, they have some, like, bond. Oh, yeah, like, they, it's super weird. Like, it, it is, like- yeah. So so this all happened. Yeah, and, and he's right. So he hears him on the radio. And he's just, he's you know, Dr. Vizzini's yucking it up. And, and like, you know, read my book. It's, a, you know what was it daddy's daddy's little girl. Yeah. And his his sidekick is like, "Oh yeah, so you must know a lot like you have children." He's like, "I don't have a daughter. I don't have anybody. And that's I'm not big, even married." And Fuck that's, you guys. Yeah,
0: that's the big twist that right. this guy wrote this book with no actual experience. He's right. not a father. He does not have a daughter. He has no credibility
1: whatsoever. Right. So Tony DiAngelo has been taking this advice, reading these chapters, this whole movie, and he flips out. And this brings us back to the opening scene of the movie where he rushes into the the, the studio like what they're on the air and he runs in and he just, it's kind of like a three stooges thing. He starts like slapping people around. There's a tussle. Um, and then he, he gets hurled out the window.
0: Yeah. I, I don't even know how that happens. I mean, no one's really fighting. Yeah. As Mike said, it's more comical three stooges, you know, physical comedy esque. someone, two people are now throwing a human being out a window. I don't really know how that's happening or why, Then we're back at the start of the movie and he's telling those two detectives early on, you know, this is the story. And immediately all the police officers
1: are nodding like, oh, yeah, Yeah. we could
0: really anyone with kids could relate to this story. The story is as old as time, right? You have kids. It's awful. You got thrown out a window who hasn't been right.
1: Fiance's parents show up again and the dad's like, oh, like you didn't you should have just said like I have a daughter. I raised a daughter like, yeah, all that's sketchy. I don't blame you. Any any father would have done that. And he's like, thank you mr pearson or whatever um he's like you know what we i i too got advice from a book like that he's like oh you read the book he's like it's a book you can find in the top drawer of any hotel referencing the bible and then this was my favorite part of the movie the fiance just just looks at him and goes shut up dad and Um, then and then they just leave yeah i did skip over one part two now because the fiance is back in the mix Mm -hmm.
0: the only other time we see her um where, again, Katie becomes, quote-unquote, out of control. And I said I wanted to give props to the girlfriend, now fiancé, is she totally just tears... Katie, a new one. She's like, I tried to help you. I gave you a makeover. I tried to, you know, make you look cool because I know you've always been such a special girl and you just went nuts and bananas and you totally effed me over because I'm trying to be cool. And now this is how you repay me. And this is how you repay your dad. And I was like, yes, you are absolutely my favorite character in this movie. Yeah, you're
1: right. She was written better than anyone else. Like she wasn't like the trope of like the naggy woman character that is in literally every piece of televised fiction. She was not that she was supportive. Um, You know, she had a good sense of humor about things. She was, yeah, she was just trying to help. So we then get
0: to the next day and Katie is going to the airport. It's, Prom, and then immediately you're going to Europe. There's no buffer. We're going to spend a week.
1: She didn't go home first. Tony hasn't seen her since then. It's
0: just she's going immediately to Europe, and this is all planned. So that doesn't seem right. Also, I'm trying to think when I had school prom, I think the prom happened. You still had another week of school. It wasn't like school, (laughs) it was just done. Also, she's 15, so she's not even a junior or senior. I'm pretty sure she's still at school, but boom. She's going to Europe, and we get the old classic, you know, when people could go through uh, any part of the airport. Tony and Janet, uh, Tony Danza, that is, Doug. Tony Danza and Janet are running through the airport to stop her, and for some reason, uh, Katie is on the runway. That's where the plane is. This is like a situation where you have to go into the airport, then go to your gate, then go down a set of stairs, then walk half a mile (laughs) on a runway, then get on the plane. Tony Danza free to go wherever so <laughs> right. i mean that's definitely not holding up now but free to go wherever and he whistles and gets uh her attention and then they you know they run towards each other and uh he just you know says i wanted you to stay my little girl forever and honestly like i understand his point in this it's just so lost in this film that if this is more about my girl, uh, my little girl is now a adult girl or any child that anyone has. They are going through adult situations. You're not going to always have that bond and maybe you could have it again. You see this in movies that are much more beautiful, like father of the bride or situations where it's I'm reminiscing because I'm losing something that I love just because it's changing. It he says that it's it's overall a sweet moment. But the the movie that led to this, uh, I did not think was as, as sweet.
1: <laughs> no, it, it was just. It was weird and gross. So, so I, I do not have children. I do not plan on ever doing so. So I think maybe, maybe some of that was a little lost on me. It just, it just came off as weird, but like, so as you just mentioned, does, does any of this movie kind of resonate with you as as a parent? I mean, as, as someone who has a child, I have a younger daughter as she's just
0: too young to go through any of this. And that's where I could relate. Like I see my daughter grow and I see all these beautiful moments and I want her to stay certain ages I could even see with her being so young but I mean that's why I'm like that's a beautiful moment that's why I think if you watch a movie again like Father of the Bride it's you watch a father who loves his daughter so much and just things are changing and you throw in kind of a comical situation it's fun But in in a movie that, again, I'm comparing to Father of the Bride, he doesn't gaze at his daughter like he does, uh, Tony Danza does in this movie. I think, again, a lot of this is super creepy. I mean, the timeline of this movie is this. His daughter feels unattractive, goes through a makeover like in any 80s trope and beyond. She's now pretty. Things are changing. Cool. I understand the story. Tony Danza's reactions to this are super weird. He's spying on people. He's literally involved in criminal activities with teenagers, which is bananas. This guy's one step away from buying beers for, you know, (laughs) for kids. I would
1: argue that what he's done is worse than buying beers
0: Probably, and, like, a deleted scene is probably like, kids, have whatever you want in the refrigerator. Like, let's have a tequila ice luge later. Like, that's what I did as a kid when I was making out in parents' rooms. Like,
1: what? Yeah, it was...
0: The, the whole movie was really bizarre and so well, well yeah we're missing the last moment there's like this weird twist of relationship so right. everything is ironed out with dad and da- daughter um she's going to go to europe it seems like everything's going to be fine there's going to be a marriage the family uh, unit is now back intact everyone loves one another the communique is flowing well everyone seems great ding dong we got we got the doc back at the door i'll, I'll let mike fill you in it. with a proposal of a team up which is Super
1: bizarre. What was what was the team up?
0: The team up is uh, Fishbinder wants to go back on the radio. That's right, with Tony Danza. With Tony Danza, you
1: just got the Shyamalan twist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're both wearing neck braces as they have this conversation. Yeah, they've um, just been beaten. The, but I think I don't know if this scene was before or after this, but it was the last scene that I because i clearly I didn't remember that one. Um, we see. Tony Danza reliving this again with his younger daughter and dudes start showing up and then she walks down the stairs in the same like completely inappropriate outfit for what I'm guessing is like a 12 year old.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, the timeline is they agree that they're going to be in a crossfire-esque radio show that's really going to hit the hard topics that teens want. And Tony Danza is going to come off as the good person and Fishbinder is going to come off with the psychological advice. It's going to be the talk of the town. And we find out they jumped to number six. They Mm, went from nine to six. Yeah, they're on the way back. Because that's what you want in your rock radio stations, right? You want to listen to some like late 80s rock and then listen to some... (laughs) two older males talk about their children and how you want to safeguard them and never let them out of a bubble. That's what the what That's what, that, the, that's what the youth
1: is, is after, yeah. Yeah, that
0: was, I mean, that must have been the Howard Stern of 89 uh, right there. And Mike's right. Then we see the younger daughter is going to follow suit. Uh-oh, Tony Danza and the family are going to have to go through it again. And boom, classic 1989 freeze frame and credits roll. Yeah. And that was your journey into 1989. She's out of control, Mike. What yeah. what are your, what are your final thoughts on
1: on this and his work? My final thoughts are a little bit scattered. So you know, in the eighties, like uh, teenage sex was like a concern, whether or not it was actually on the rise, which I think statistically it was, but it, it was definitely like a moral concern. And this movie almost sort of played out like a like an after school special kind of PSA. Like here's the dangers of this, but it wasn't it was very tone deaf and didn't really have any legitimate information to give. It, it was like, it was like taking a, a situation that was a concern of the time and making it into a attempt at humorous. Um, I I don't even know what, but like, I, I think I kind of maybe see where they were, what they were going yeah. for. Like, I mean, it, they were just trying to take on, you know, an issue of the time, but they did it in such a weird, weird way. And like, the, the the daughter being kind of over-sexualized like that it was never resolved that that was not a good thing. Like it all worked out for her. Like, her- yeah, but it worked out for her because
0: I feel she changed her ways because she was physically and sexually threatened by Matthew Perry's character. And that's why I just hate that scene. Like, right. So like, like that's the turning point of this PG film. Like, right. So God. like
1: is the moral, like sexual liberation is great, but you're going to get raped by Matthew Perry. And that's, that's what you need to change your tune. I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it was all just very bizarre. Yeah. Um, I,
0: I do agree with Mike. I absolutely agree that I saw where this movie was going and I've got to tell you, I love who's the boss. I love taxi. I do love Tony Danza he was not the best father in this. Um, I still like him as an actor for sitcom. I just felt they needed a stronger acting cast. I feel they definitely needed to refine all the weirdness and over sexualization that we've said numerous times throughout this episode. Yeah. I, I hear the sirens. In the I, I do
1: hear the sirens. They found us. <laughs> um, I, I, I have to come clean about something. I have never seen an episode of who's the boss.
0: I ever in my life. I mean, I don't even know how to sell that to you
1: now that well, if your next proposal is we're going to go upstairs and watch that. The answer is I don't need to, I don't need to see it.
0: Oh, I, I think the only honest comment I could give you for your, like your lack of viewing experience, I only feel bad that you haven't watched an episode because Mike and I love community And there is an episode where one of the characters does define who the boss is. And immediately it is Angela is Mm -hmm. the boss. But putting that into context of the show, do you need to do it by watching it? Uh, You you know what the show's about. I'm never going to watch it. (laughs) But yeah, I, again, we'll probably pick some random films coming up here soon. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed our podcast episode about she's out of control. Yeah. Next episode, we are going to look at a movie spoiler that Mike and I both thoroughly enjoy the movie is titled Ping Pong Summer, and I really, really look forward to uh, reviewing this for a lot of different reasons. Some, uh, It's a, definitely a movie that I feel maybe a lot of people have not watched and definitely should. She's Out of Control, should someone watch that? Maybe if they want to make a much better remake uh, and probably delete 90% of the film to do that, you would definitely have to rewrite it for today's standards. Oh, you
1: could never make this movie today. Yeah. I don't I don't think anyone needs to watch No, it.
0: no one would definitely yeah, no one would want their name on it. Uh it would just be awkward.
1: It's yeah, it's just it's gross. I like there were times and, and as I referenced earlier, this is this is why I had to look up who the actress playing the daughter was. I just I felt I felt like I was being tricked into something watching this movie. Like that it was that uncomfortable for yeah. me. Yeah. So, would I recommend this uh, as a fan of 80s movies to eventually
0: watch in your lifetime for your mental repertoire? Uh sure. Would I normally watch it to any moviegoer? I, I would not recommend it uh, at that no. level. But again, next time yeah. we're
1: gonna we're gonna review Ping Pong Summer. Yeah, and that's gonna be a little bit different because this is like, like Paul said, we we both seen this movie. I adore this movie. So this this movie's dope. Like this is gonna be a, maybe a little bit different tone here. So this is this isn't always just gonna be us, you yeah. hashing our way through terrible gross movies. Sometimes there's gonna be there's gonna be fun stuff as well. So yeah, that we've got that slated for you next week. And I, I think in, in the future moving forward, we're not gonna this there's not going to be a weekly release. It's probably going to be every two weeks or twice a month, something like that. But here we are in the summer and I, you know, we've got a little bit more free time. So I think we're going to give you guys a little treat and we're going to do more of a once a week release schedule.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mike and I were talking earlier and we're thinking about maybe like, you know, summers winters uh, a little more free time and maybe get some more seasonal movies maybe a week to week then but more traditionally uh, for us it would be maybe bi-monthly
1: right but ultimately it's going to be whatever we want because we don't owe you guys anything but, <laughs> but we're happy you're here but uh, we will take any of your donations well, We can be found on PayPal Venmo any or donations uh, any any positive reviews so you can you can review us online um, ratings should be five stars or better the Definitely. review the, the the commentary can be whatever you like but the review should be good you can also drop us a line at at uh, rabbit troop sucks podcast at gmail.com. Uh I think we're gonna have a website here as well. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're still working on that. We're still working on that component.
0: Yeah, so right now we're just recording some episodes, doing some mixes and we'll be release them. So in the upcoming weeks, we'll be a little ahead of all this, but yeah. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this one. Reach out, let us know, uh, or send us gifts. As I said when we reviewed Phantoms, I said I'll just take uh, bread from that restaurant. That's that's fine. You yeah, can send so us homemade bread.
1: You know, any any kind of sponsorship opportunities that you want to discuss? Uh, we're, we're always happy. to we like money, goods, and services as well? So, well, my name is Paul. This is Mike,
0: and you have been listening to Rabbit Troop Sucks. Rabbit Troop Sucks. Rabbit Troop Sucks.